I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled Boost, a series specifically created to boost business in South Africa by letting passionate and committed business people share their stories. In this episode, we're chatting about early childhood development. We're chatting about why ECD is important and how Africa Tikkan Bambanani has deployed an innovative curriculum and technology to reach rural areas that really, really need help. I'm joined by Teresa Michael and Tessa Foreman from, uh, can I say ATB? It's, it's maybe just quicker. Quicker, yes. Teresa, mm. Tessa, welcome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. <laughs> so we always start the show by just a little bit of an intro of how did you end up where you are today? So, Tessa and myself, um, we started creating a curriculum for ECD learners. So ECD is early childhood development um, from the ages of birth to six years old. So we started creating this curriculum um, and specifically in mind for rural children of South Africa because um, out in the rural remote areas, the children don't have access to curriculum, to resources, um, and to the equal education that everybody else in South Africa receives. So we got together and we created this curriculum. So do both of you then have a, a background in education? Yes, we both Okay, do. let's start there. We... Okay, so we both have, I have over 25 years background in education. Tessa, more than 30 years. Um, Tessa studied remedial teaching and, um, and she was the founder of two Kumon centers. Um, I am the founder of a... Um, a tutoring company called Tutors at Your Service, and we also uh, go into um, into children's homes where we give them extra lessons um, as well as homeschooling. So okay. that is our background. Okay. But and we saw the need for education in this early childhood phase because between the age of birth and six, 65% of a child's brain um, is developed. So that is the most, those are the most fundamental years of a child's life. So, so we spent our, um, most of our education years concentrating on older children and, um, and we always found the gaps. And that is when we realized where the gaps were. It is in these early childhood years. So we developed a curriculum, um, for these children. What we did was we took the framework of the government's Departments of Education, they have a specific framework that you need to follow. We took that framework um, and we also um, incorporated the private education of South Africa. It's called IEB, the uh, um, Independent Education Board. So we took a lot of um, the areas of ECD where the government curriculum was lacking and then we built it up with the IEB um, Outcomes that weren't in the government um, outcomes of the curriculum. And then we created this curriculum and it's a day by day, step by step guide for teachers. Because if you go into these rural areas, the teacher is not only the teacher. She cooks, she cleans, she changes the nappies, she looks after the crying babies. And then whatever time she has left, she tries to teach the children. But she is so exhausted by then and there really isn't enough time. So we have made it easier for her by giving her this day-to-day guide where all the lesson plans are created for her, all the art activities, the stories of the day, and the fun activities of the day. And then um, Africa Tukun, they are an NGO. They've been around for 29 years. 
So they have partnered up with us. And with their assistance, we have managed to reach 200 ECD centers across rural South Africa. We are in eight of the nine provinces. And with their their help and their sponsorship um, and their sponsors, uh, 10,000 children are on our program. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and then um, how did why, it's a bit of a weird question maybe, but what made you decide to put this curriculum together then? Because um, both of you are running your businesses and then um, is it is it just because of that need that you saw out there um, in South Africa or? Um, Africa Tikkun felt a need of expanding the ECD areas because that's one of their concentrations. Okay. And they have five centers of excellence where they um, look at all the centers and want them to be centers of excellence. So we looked at those and have helped them. And they, from there, we've taken the, the program into other centers with the help of Africa Tikkun. And then, and then from a process perspective, how do you decide where to go and, and um, approach the, the school or the teachers in, that, in a specific area or whatever? Because I assume it's quite diverse to, uh, across, across the country. Yes, so um, Africa Tukun has a cradle to career program. So that is from birth um, until after school where they actually train matriculants and other professionals to go and to enter the workplace. So they are in many areas already. Okay. Um, so what we find is you cannot impose your ideas onto a community. It's very important to first build the relationships with the community and the principals so because Africa Tukun have been in these remote rural areas where they do food parcels and training and um, skills development, they are already in these areas. So they then focused on ECD centers within the area for us. Okay. And that is where we went in and then built relationships with the principals um, and the teachers to get them on board. And how long does that process take to onboard a a learning center or a new school uh, in a in a specific area. So we like to meet with them beforehand, the year before, um, and start the rollout in January because that is the school year. Okay. So the year before, in about September or October, we'll meet with the with the principals um, and with the teachers um, and perhaps the education department, district leaders within that community, and then. So there's, there's quite a lot of pre-organizing, pre-organizing before you can go and do what you're actually going to do. Absolutely. And then we take the teachers out of the classroom for five days um, and we give them five full days of upskill training where, where we train them in our program. And once they are equipped in that area, we then go into the classroom with them and we spend a year in that center with that teacher, with those teachers mentoring them in the classroom and then upskilling those teachers every month. And uh, and I assume once the, the trust is established, then the process flows flows a bit easier. How do you track the results that you so – so from when you start? So we have an online assessment center where we, te- we, we monitor the teacher's progression from when she starts to when she ends with us as well as the tracking of the child through all their milestones. So we can see exactly at any time, or our sponsors can see at any time, how their school is doing. So 
um, once the teacher uploads all the information, it comes to our assessment center and reports are actually sent to the schools on a termly basis for them to see how their school is doing. So, so that online, uh, that's now interesting to me because that is sort of <laughs> semi my field. Um, so, so, um, there's some sort of website or app or something like so that. So we give them an, they get an online link, which is data free. Okay. So, oh, okay. The, so they can, they do not need data to, to use the link. Okay, it's free. that's amazing. Yeah. And then basically then on a quarterly or a monthly basis? Or a termly basis, exactly. Okay. They input the information that's necessary, what the child has been doing within that term, and all the milestones hopefully have been achieved. If not, we can already pick that up and, and alert the teachers, alert the principal. And we also have what we call online screening where teachers are given the opportunity to see where the disabilities and where the problems lie within the uh, children so that they can assist. So we had a group of therapists devise uh, the screening tools for us that um, look at the child's um, hearing, um, their cognitive ability, their fine motor. And is that all on via this online? online. All all data-free. So I assume if it wasn't for this uh, for this technology, this program is is virtually. I mean, you would just it's need to triple your to run manpower. The program because very we difficult. wouldn't be able to track how the teachers and the children are progressing. And I assume that's normally where things fall flat. Is 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 you start a program, but to track and make Absolutely. sure that everybody's keeping pace is is the difficult Absolutely. component. We know exactly how much every child weighs, how tall they are, and we weigh them four times um, in the year. Um, together with their heart and their BMR. So we know that children are getting fed well at school. They do have good nutrition and they are putting on weight and growing as they should. Um, and then for how long has this program been uh, in, in play? How long have you guys been doing it? So we've only been doing it for the last two years and uh, we're hoping to continue for but um, it's so long. interesting, and, and in from from your own perspective, uh, at what point in time will you uh, will you see the real results of it? Because this this must be, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's faith, but I mean it's it's almost like a, a farmer where you go and you plant millies and you and you wait for it. To, you know, you've done all of the work, and now you've got the to wait. The beautiful thing about the online assessment center is we've got results straight away, and because we've been running, we can already see the improvement not only in the teachers onboarding, but the students. Mm. Okay. So the children have the progress has been phenomenal. I mean, even you know we talk about progress being phenomenal, but a child going from forty five, forty nine percent in in gross motor skills to seventy three percent by the end of the year is huge. And that huge. plays into their confidence and exactly. the and we're getting them school wanting to ready. come back to school or go to school. And the and biggest problem is that in South Africa, the biggest failure rate is grade one. So it tells us that our ECDs are lacking, and here we are getting them ready for school. Uh, what are the stats around that, uh, the biggest failure rate in grade one? Because, you know, I, I think that's, to me, you know, everybody… Uh, and, Everybody's and we, worried about our metric yeah. results. And then but we don't even know um, how many kids started and, and didn't… Exactly. We don't. So what happens is… So that's the biggest failure rate. At the end rate. of grade one, that is the highest failure rate, but the children are put to grade two. Because you can't fail them. So they move to grade two and then grade three, and then those gaps never, ever close. They just get bigger and bigger. So that is why it's so important to get a child ready for school in grade one. 
Um, and the government department did a census, a data census. It's called Thrive by Five. So they went into their ECD centers and they did these tests that we do, these tracking sheets on their students. And only 35% of four-year-olds were ready to go into grade R. So that is a very low, very low it's, stat. It's almost, and what's it's almost even overwhelming. sadder than that is 50% of children aren't in schools. So those are the children that were in schools that they could assess and did have some sort of support. But the rest are at home without any support at all. So that stat is probably much lower. So so we started at that level of 35% with the children, with the 6,500 children that we had last year. And we got them to 85%. By the end of last year, just by following our year. curriculum in one year, just by following a guided curriculum day by day, step by step, by upskilling practitioners to help them how to work with children in the classroom. Just by doing that from January to November, we went from 35%, which is the average of the Thrive by Five, to 85%. And that is all on our assessment center. So it just proves that children are like sponges, as I said. Mm. And you just give them curriculum and guidance and uh, everyday assistance. And it's a play-based curriculum. So so there's no stress on the learners. It's all fun. It's learning through play. And the teachers have noticed, we see it on our assessment center, but, but teachers and principals see it in the classroom where the children are now happy. Um, they're not boisterous and running around and screaming and shouting because they have nothing to do. So they're busy working and they're active and they're happy. And when it is time to go outside and play, then they do have fun outside. Um, and one lovely story is one of the little boys was sick, but he didn't want to go home until his art activity was done. So he was crying to do his activity, you know, which is actually quite a heartwarming story for us because that is why we do it. And then, and then I assume if they, if the child is, uh, before that five year old, if they were in a, in a, in the curriculum for this year, if they come back next year, if the, if the child's now three, four, um, so every year they come back, it just gets better, better, better. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, so the children that started on the program at two, by the time they get to five, they'll have a solid foundation to start primary school. You know, it's, it's always so interesting for me, um, because, uh, you know, you know, I think intellectually everybody knows, and, and, uh, I think it's a, a wi- wi- widely accepted fact that everybody says education is our future, is the future of the country, all that type of stuff. But then when you hear the work that you guys are doing and, and it just, it just blows my mind that there's not more effort and focus going in on just, Great, because the one thing we have a lot of is is people, you know. So if we educate them properly, we have an exportable product in skills and knowledge and all that type of and stuff. Educating and educating them from the beginning, from the begin at the, at the right time, yeah. At the right you can't time. you can't start when it's high school and now try and hope for the best. Yeah, it's so scary. Um, so so what around your curriculum um is uh, is different or unique in terms of existing programs that was in play? Because you you guys obviously have a recipe that's working. Yes, so besides the actual curriculum, as I said, using the uh, government framework and IEB, which other curriculums don't have, we also have, um, we've included Montessori in there because many of our centers are multi-grade teaching. So you'll have one small classroom with, 
with age two years to six years or even age six months to six years, all in one classroom and a teacher trying to teach all those age groups at once. That must also be massively difficult. So that's difficult. So the Montessori philosophy um, is to teach multi-ages in one group, but but we put them in groups for certain activities. So that is how we train those teachers to equip those children. So there are times where they learn together because the younger children then learn from the older ones and the older ones learn empathy from the young ones. Um, so there is that lovely time for them to be together. But there are times where they do need to be apart, yes. um, where we can extend them even further. So that is how that is where the Montessori teaching comes in. And then we've taken Reggio art activities. So Reggio is also a um, it's also a teaching philosophy, but we only use the artwork because because all of the art centers around nature and recycled materials. So we know that these schools cannot afford fancy glitter and glue. So everything's recycled, and it's just wonderful to see um, our autumn picture where we draw the bark of a tree and then. Um, and they stick leaves around, um, and we use bottle tops, we use cereal boxes. So we make fun out of recycled material, and it's the most wonderful art to see. Um, and it's also a very holistic program that we've got. Uh, we've got psychosocial support for the children. Um, there's outdoor activities. So we've included everything that makes a holistic child. And and what's even more exciting now um, is the launch of our Bumbalearn app. So we've created an app that reinforces the curriculum. So the children will use it for about a half an hour a day in the classroom, and it is the curriculum. That's what makes it so different to all the other apps. So everything that is in the curriculum in terms of numeracy, literacy, puzzles, problem-solving, sequencing, fine motor, um, is all in one app. So if a child doesn't grasp something in the classroom, You'll be amazed. They take the app, like something like sequencing is very difficult to grasp in the classroom, to put all these pictures in the correct order. But just by using the app, within five minutes, these children grasp the concept of um, of sequencing and they get everything in the correct order. Um, and if a child is brilliant at puzzles, they can do a 100-piece puzzles. But if someone is weaker, then they'll stay on the 10-piece. Um, and the way the app is designed is... Um, inclusion for us is very important um, to include all children with all learning disabilities, whether they are gross motor, fine motor, cognitive, um, whatever the disability is. And that app caters for them as well because it keeps going back to what they cannot do in a different way to show them and revise to eventually get them um, to understand that concept and to move forward. And without even knowing that they're behind, that is just teaching them how to reinforce that concept. And then the back end of the app scores every child. So we know where every child is, and that is also now going to be linked to our assessment center. So we can see how every child is progressing in their numeracy, in their literacy, in their cognitive skills, in their um um, in their fine motor, in their cognitive ability, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so with that app, th- does that mean then if the, uh, the, the child can go and do stuff at home or is it all at the learning center? For now, it's all at the learning center. Um, it, um, it is going to be available on the app store. So okay. if a parent 
does have the ability to download that app at home, then the children will be able to use it at home. But mainly the children we are working with um, in the rural communities, they won't be able to have it at home. Okay. But the app is also available to private schools um, and to schools um, in suburban and um, urban areas. Um, it's an excellent app. It's not um, watered down by any means, you know, to accommodate, um, you know, children who are weaker or stronger. It is for children who are strong and for those that are weak. It's an excellent high-level app that's been designed by um, a group of um, experts in the field. And Therapists to me, it sounds like based on the experience that you guys get, this app is just—it's just going to grow. It's just going to grow. So uh, it's uh, you're making me think now. On on Saturday, when my wife and I, uh, Sunday when we went for for lunch, we I was sitting in a restaurant and checking all of the small children and the parents to shut them up. They they all have an iPad or a or a phone. And they're just sitting there and just watching stuff. So like, and, and it struck me, uh, look, I don't, I don't have children, but it struck me now. I was like, but that, that cannot be the best, the best activity for, for, for that child. And now if you have an app that can engage them and actually teach them something, that's, that's amazing. When is that app uh, launching? The app launches actually this Thursday. Oh, okay. At the prestigious hotel, Houghton Hotel. Um, and we've inviting all corporates schools and individuals who would like to come onto this journey with us because it's a, it's a very um, reasonable outlay to adopt a school, uh, to adopt an ECD centre. You're talking about 67,000 rand for the year and the, the centre can be up and running with our curriculum, teachers trained and everything accessible including a resource kit for them. So we love everybody to be a part of it um, and come on the journey with but, us. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier. You know, we all, we all know it, 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 education, that early education is, is that's, that's going to make the, the difference in the future. So, I mean, you know, that's why I said I think intellectually people understand it. But I think, uh, you, you know, sort of in our day-to-day uh, behavior, we almost, we almost forget how important that is. And I mean, the, the stats around the, the kids and their skills and the ones at home is just, is just staggering. Uh, really? You know, that, that is a problem for all of us in South Africa to, to fix. Um, one thing I, I, I want to come back to, um, to what you were saying now, but I, I've got one more question because this is, it's really interesting for me the way that you guys are going about this and what's the, what's the biggest hurdles that you face, uh, on a daily basis or, or you, you know, when you go into a new region or, or whatever, do, do you, um, is there, is there, does, does government assist? Is it resistance from the, from the people? What's the biggest hurdles that you, you face? I mean, we obviously we know money is, money is, yeah, is always so a factor. Our hurdle is funding. Funding. Because once we are in the communities, um, everybody's, um, quite happy to have the curriculum. They actually love having it. They see the differences. The principals are on board. Teachers are generally on board. Um, you occasionally get the teacher who doesn't want to put in a bit of extra effort. Okay, but yeah. we do monitor them and we do try, um, you know, push them in a positive way. Yeah. But our biggest hurdle is, um, is actually funding. If we had corporates or individuals or, um, companies fund, um, everybody fund a school or adopt a center, um, imagine how many 
thousands of children we could reach. And, and you're saying to adopt a center is? 67,000 rand. A, a year? A year. So it's, it's six grand and a month. The, the first year is your expensive year because you have to put in the curriculum. You have to train, you have to train the teachers. So it's a, quite an expensive year. Well, and thereafter, it's like 15,000 for the year. So it's not an expense at all thereafter because all it is is making sure that they are with on the curriculum and also that they on our uh, online assessment centre so that we can help monitor them and upskill them. And in out of the um, uh, and the app, you in amongst all of this, you guys are developing this this app basically on the house. Yes. Are you, are, you, are you not selling access to the app? Or? Well, we're selling access to private schools yes. and schools that can afford it. 100%. So we're selling it so to those schools. So that's on like a subscription type basis. Yes, yeah. and then all money made from those subscriptions we will then put into oh, the rural schools. Okay, well. So the more that, that subscribe to the app, the more children then will have access to it. The more children, um, underprivileged children, will, will have access to the app. Okay. Fascinating. So we're going to put up, uh, we'll put up details on our LinkedIn page later today around Thursday's launch. And then, um, yeah, I think it's, it's like you say, you know, for a little bit more than six grand a month, uh, you know, can we, can we uh, afford not to, not to pay attention to, to this? And I think you guys are doing wonderful work. I mean, that's the, uh, we all know that, that early childhood is, that's the important thing. Um, and it's really, really difficult and nobody wants to go into the hopsa and go and try and get everybody no, no, on board. No, exactly. It's amazing work. And what's so exciting, something exciting for us is um, our app has been chosen as one of the 12 uh, fellows for the Ingenie um, EdTech Accelerator. Um, and this is in, um, in collaboration, sponsored by MasterCard. Okay. So the MasterCard Foundation um, are selecting 36 ed um, it tech apps over the next three years. Um, and the first 12. Is that, is that global or, or in South that's, Africa? That's in South Africa, in, in, South in Africa, Africa, in, in Gini, Africa. Africa. So they're choosing 36. So the first 12, um, were selected last week and we one of the 12. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's amazing what they are going to be offering us besides, um, you know, cash money to get the, the app up and going. There's, um, there's mentorship and there's programs for us to, you know, be part of. And then there are overseas universities that will now endorse our curriculum. Ah. So we're really excited about that. There's a university in Finland and one in Pennsylvania, um, and one in the UK. So they're going to endorse our curriculum. And then, um, if there are any gaps in our curriculum, I mean, in our curriculum, then they will assist us there as well and then tell us what to add. That will now make our app not only the best in South Africa, but it will now be world recognized where, where overseas companies will now know that, that this app is of an excellent standard um, and the curriculum uh, and the assessment. So to, to me, it sounds like this is going global. Uh, I mean, I, I assume the reason why. Well, we want to first fix South Africa. We don't <laughs> want to go global. Um, as I said um, at our presentation, um, we don't want to go anywhere else in Africa or global yet. We welcome global funders. You know, yes. we're happy to have their money. But uh, for now, it's South Africa. You know, we have South Africa to fix, um, and that is our aim for the next five years. Oh, that's fantastic. 
Thank you very much. I really enjoyed this. It feels like uh, we need another hour, but yeah, I'd, 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 like the energy is, uh, I'm really loving this. It's, uh, you guys are doing uh, very, very special work. Oh, well, thank you for having us. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank, thank you for your thank time. You, Thanks for listening to Unbundle Boost, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to boost business in South Africa. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen. And um, if you want to know more about Catalytic, please visit catalytic.co.za.